So glad to have you here at our Redeeming the Time Brothers podcast, a podcast by Gene Kissinger and Norman Kissinger. We're going to be talking today about victorious, how to shatter your strongholds, and we're going to deal specifically with spiritual warfare and how that interacts with the habit patterns that surround your life and how you can break free from satanic attack and begin to move into a place of victory. You're going to discover multiple things today. You're going to discover a pattern for developing strongholds and how to break that pattern as rapidly as possible. We'll be talking about satanic oppression and the difference between satanic oppression and possession. Uh, We're going to learn about not giving place to the devil so that he doesn't have an inroad into your life and also how the Holy Spirit enlightens and enables us. Thank you. Grab your Bibles and dig in. It, the vice becomes like something that a, a thing of captivity that holds us until destruction falls on us. So a vice, a tool that grips something, something so that it cannot move. Now, what Satan does is he wants to use his evil spirits to influence you and keep you trapped in the vice-like grip of habits and addictions so that you live a life of defeat. Satan hates you, has a plan for your life, he wants to destroy you. And so he will use, he will use those... Um, his evil spirits, really, demons, to put thoughts in, in your mind. The, the Bible talks about the, the, being able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, how the shield of faith quenches that fiery darts of the wicked. And, and what, what he's using is a, is a warfare analogy. And, and in those days, they would shoot arrows or they would, you know, they would shoot these arrows. And one of the high-tech things that they would do is they would light the arrows on fire. I, I, my, one of my goals in life is to never let my skin get perforated. I don't need any extra holes in my skin. I would like to die with an, and the same number I was born with. I would, that's why I'm not ever getting nothing pierced or nothing like that. I, I want my skin unperforated. But I got to tell you, something even more frightening than perforation with an arrow is perforation with an arrow on fire. That could be kind of bad. That make your day go south really fast. And so what they did is they had shields that were large and they would line up in Roman flanks and they would interlock the shields together. And they even had a, a fire retardant that they would put on the outside of it because a lot of the shields were wood and they could be catch on fire if they didn't have the fire retardant put on it. And that way, when the fiery dart hit it, it would sink into the into the shield. The fire would be extinguished and then they would be able to continue to fight the battle. Satan, what he does in your life, he wants to use the, the, the power of addiction against you, the power of habit in a negative way. He wants to use it against you. So he nudges you towards starting something. Let me tell you this. Young people that are here, listen, guys, pay attention to this. Pay attention. My mom gave me the best bit of wisdom ever. Don't ever start anything you will have to stop. Don't ever start anything you will have to stop. Don't ever start anything you will have to stop. If you, the best kind of habit is one, a bad habit is one you never ever start. And if you, I, I've never taken drugs. I've never, I've never been drunk in my life. The only sip of beer I had was one, one, dad had one by his chair once when I was very little. I took a drink of it, thought it was nasty. That's the only time that I've ever drank anything. I, I've never had to stop those habits because I never started them. You can do the same thing. Don't start anything. Don't let your friends sweet talk you into it. Don't let anybody pressure you into it. Decide right now. Decide right now that no, I am not going to do it. No, no is a good word when it comes to, to saying no to something that could destroy your life because they won't be honest with you about where it leads. 
They're going to say, oh, it's fun, it's a good time, it's kind of a party, everybody's doing it. First of all, not everybody's doing anything. Nobody, nobody's that consistent. You guys need to understand, say no now, and you will, you will thank me for telling you this if you will listen to it. I, I have gone back and thanked my mom before she passed away for giving me that bit of advice. It helped me tremendously in my life. You can have a great life if you just don't do stupid things. If you, if you do stupid things, you can get caught up into stuff that will take you decades to finally stop and quit and get the damage undone, you can have a great life for yourself. Even if you're not very brilliant, at least if you don't do stupid, you can you can do pretty good. So that's just a little note for you guys that are maybe beginning uh, to be tempted by some of this stuff. Please choose to say no. So Satan uses it to nudge you, his evil spirits to nudge you towards doing a wrong thing, to launch the fiery darts at you, to get you thinking about it. It's not, re- you know, it's not really a problem. It won't be a bad thing for me. I can quit anytime I want. Here's the pattern that sin takes place in your life. It starts as a thought, one thought, and then it becomes it becomes an attitude. Then it becomes an action. Then it becomes a habit. Then it becomes a stronghold in your life. And it goes down that sequence of events. So to say you got a guy that's walking by a bank. He's walking and there's a bank that's there. He's been laid off and he's thinking, man, you know, everybody in there, maybe be pretty easy to rob a bank it wouldn't be too hard you go in you get a lot of money they got a ton of money in the bank and and then you walk on by the bank you don't think about it much anymore so you go on by but then the next day you go by the bank again you're still unemployed you've applied for 10 jobs yesterday you're looking at the bank and you're going the security guard's pretty old in the bank Uh, he's an old guy uh, doesn't he shakes a lot? I've watched him drink coffee. He shakes. I'm not, if, even if he did get his gun out, he probably couldn't shoot whoever was robbing the bank. And then you don't think about it much more, and you go by, and the next morning, are you thinking, you know, you know what you do? If you was going to rob the bank, you'd want to wait until after the Loomis trucks have come in and delivered the money from the various stores and malls. Where you, you're thinking, I'm thinking about robbing a bank, Arch. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm, this is not. This is this is not a this is not a confession. Okay. I'm merely illustrating how this happens. Okay, so she didn't want to wait till after the after the deposits have been made, but before they've locked everything down into the big vault. And so you go by, and you know, and then pretty soon, before you know it, the guy's in there, you know, with a note and robbing the bank. And then, of course, it never works the way that you thought it was going to, and you end up in jail. He got thirty-five dollars because everything else was locked up, and then he's going to go to jail for thirty years for the thirty-five bucks, and he spent it incarcerated. But Satan put that in his mind, and it became a, a thought, an attitude, an action, a habit, a stronghold. And I got to tell you, the time it gets to be a stronghold, it's hard to stop. It's hard to stop the train. So you stop it as quick as you can early on. But Satan tries to make you keep thinking about it. He tries to put it in your mind again and again. He tries to give you multiple opportunities to do that wrong thing. And all of a sudden, he tries to make it easy for you to do the wrong thing. Now, no, Christians cannot be possessed. The Bible's clear about this. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Christ doesn't have any fellowship with Belial or the works of darkness. He doesn't live in the same place with with the devil. He's not going to cohabitate with Satan in your life. However, that doesn't mean Satan doesn't oppress Christians. Satan very vigorously works against your life. Satan wants to destroy you. He will he will try to manipulate you. He will try to plant thoughts in your head. He will try to bring destruction into your life. And you need to be aware of that if you're going to deal with this concept of, of habits or addictions that are in your life. The Bible says this, neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. That word there, the Greek word is topos. And we get our word topography from it. So that if you want to say you're a hunter and you go down to... Uh, 
I guess you go to Fish and Game, I don't know, but you can get topographical maps of places that maybe you want to hunt, and it shows you where, where the hills and the valleys are, where the altitudes are of each thing, and it gives you a better understanding of the ground and, and topographies. Don't give, don't give the devil any place in your life. If you give him any place in your life, once he's established a beachhead, he will, he will push on until he gets the whole thing, because that's how he works. He hates you and he wants to destroy you, but if he can get a little place, you've given him a, an opportunity to get in. When they in World War II, we when we were at uh, in Washington, we saw the the statue of of, um, of Mount Sir where they were raising the flag on Mount Sir in in uh, the Pacific. Did I get the Iwo Jima. Iwo Jima? I'm sorry. Yes, but the mountain is Mount Sir and Iwo Jima is the island of Mount Sir and they were raising the flag up on it, and and the powerful thing that was there. And um, when they when they landed, what they, the Marines when they land, they established a beachhead. They pretty much, they're pretty much of the opinion that the island's theirs. I mean, when the Marines land and they've established a beachhead. Now, it was a long fight. There was a long battle after, after it was over. You know, after even they'd landed on the island, the, the Japanese had catacombs all under, all under the, the, the island that was there. They even had a hospital under there. They had all kinds of stuff. I mean, miles and miles of these tunnels that were there. But when the Marines landed, they said, we, we've secured the island. We have it. It's ours. Because they felt like once they've landed, they felt like we own this thing and we're going to get it. And Satan, you give him any place in your life, he'll keep going until he, till he drives, you know, until he's got a, a massive area in your life. You can't afford to give him any place, any ground in your life. Neither give place to the devil. Um, he he attacks you with weight. And you got to lay aside those weights, the weights and sins which just so easily beset us. We need to recognize there's a spiritual force behind the vice, and we need we, and God wants you to be free of that, and He wants to help you. And so the Holy Spirit, as I learn to walk in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit does two things. Number one, He enlightens me and He enables me. Enlightens me is this: John 14 and verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. The Holy Spirit will teach you if you'll listen to the Holy Spirit. You guys look around you. Right now, you young people, a lot of your friends are trying to tempt you into drinking and drugging. If you're wise and you look around, the Holy Spirit will highlight to you certain people who are further down that road of drinking and drugging. And you can look at them and that will, that will give you enough information to not do that even the first time. Um, one one man back when the house used to be here in the the children's ministry building wasn't there. I remember opening up my door one time and a man fell in my door. He was so inebriated he could not stand up. I picked him up. I got him over to uh, got him over to the chair. Got him got him set down. Uh, he had been in Vietnam and he drank he drank to self medicate. I mean he drank to forget. The helicopter would go over and he would pull over and and dive down in a ditch. Because because he, he, the helicopter he had been on had been shot down, and he was one of the few survivors that was on it. And I mean, he was he was scared, and, and it affected him in a profound way. And alcohol was one of the ways that he. And I thought he, I thought he was dead when he first fell in the door. I thought that he died, and and, and I thought I was going to have to call the morgue and not and, and not even the ambulance. But got, he was okay. Kind of got him around. I got him home. I had to I had to change him. I had to get him in get him in his bed. Um, because his, his mom, he was lived with his mom at the time because of the drinking problem. He couldn't live on his own. And she was too old to really pick him up and get him moved around. And so there were multiple times that I would have to go over and get him up off the floor and clean up the, the, the puke and the, the, the urine and all that stuff. I, had to, I, I did that, man. I got to tell you, I'm looking at my friend and I'm going, that's not going to happen to me. 
I'm not doing that. I'm not drinking the first time. You know, no, God, God ended up sparing him. He got, he got, he got radically saved, got, got, got rid of the, the alcohol problem, but he only did it in the last two years of his life. Mm-hmm.